Thanks for subscribing to the One Cause Podcast. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing. So we believe that the more you hear these truths, the more they will benefit your life. Remember, all it takes is believing it. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Uh, we're going to be looking in, in and out of the book of Romans chapter 8 today. Chapter 8, several scriptures. Um, I'm going to be reading out of the Passion Translation. And I want you to consider, in all seriousness, consider today a moment. All right? Let's just consider this a holy moment today. Um, I've, I've entitled this, if you're taking notes, I've entitled this, Please Attach Resume. Please Attach Resume. You ever pl- applied for a job and uh, looking for something new? The Lord's been speaking to me about seasons the last couple of weeks, and um, seasons bring change, right? And uh, seasons bring promotion, and God brings promotion. And so I've entitled this, Please Attach Resume. It's like the little button that you click online if you ever apply for something online. But um, maybe you're sitting in here this morning or maybe you're watching online and you're actually looking for something new. Maybe you're looking for what's next. You ever ask the Lord, what's next, Lord? What's next? And I believe this message is for you today. Um, Maybe you're in this place and you're trying to move from your past to a different future. Maybe you're looking for a new season. This is for you. Okay, I want to read this to you in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. It says, so now the case is closed. Isn't that good news to somebody? Case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. The case is closed. For the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death, liberated us from living like that and ushered in this, something new, a new season, greater expectations. You know, when you apply for a job, your previous employer can do one of two things, right? They can either help you or they can hurt you. Depending on their recommendation, depending on their prior view of what you have done or not done, they can bring a glowing recommendation or, I mean, I don't know if he was the best worker. And so these things are taken into consideration. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that this scripture says something different about you? Aren't you glad that no matter what your past was like, God says the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus, that's the operative word. It's him, thank goodness, and not totally on me. My dad, uh, I was raised in, in my earlier years, I'll just say that, uh, working with my dad running a family business, which was a small package pickup and delivery freight company, kind of like UPS, but all over West Texas, but that's it. But it was a lot. And uh, my dad was really, really good about giving people second chances. He was really good about giving people a job who wouldn't necessarily be first in line for a job because of things they had done to disqualify themselves for the things they have done to look bad or poorly in the eyes of others. And my dad was amazing at giving second chances. And I believe 
that God is telling us the same thing here. He's telling us the exact same thing. And, and the last couple of weeks, about a month or so ago, Pierce, my 16-year-old massive son, who's like this tall now, uh, actually applied for a job and got a job at this local pizza place. But it was cool because we had a few minutes to, for me to help him through his resume. And so he was like, what do I write here? I don't know what this means. What is this? What should I write? What should I put here? And I just had to remind him for a moment about his best qualities. I had to take a moment and say, hey, this is who you are. You are a hard worker. You're somebody that is stubborn in a good way because you don't give up. You do what's called to be done until it's done. And I just reminded him a few things about, hey, this is, how, this is how you are. This is who you are. You would be a great asset to this place. And so today, I'm going to help you with your resume of life. Does that sound good? I'm going to help you with your resume of life. And so you, you can attach some of these thoughts to your resume. And, uh, and remember, <clears throat> there is an enemy who is trying to constantly remind you of your failures and your past and the things that you've dealt with, the things you maybe have not dealt with. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. Steal, kill, destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy. That is a dark job description. Right? And, and I do mean that with sincerity. He is always working not on your behalf. Steal, kill, and sometimes he steals our confidence. Sometimes he steals, you know, the things that we're reminded by ourselves and other people about, hey, how we are doing a good job in life, or the Lord has made us this or that, and the Lord's brought this into your life. Sometimes he's, he's stealing your confidence. Sometimes he's trying to kill, physically kill you. Sometimes he's trying to kill your view of the future, by saying you're not valuable, like Pastor Alex said, you're not worth anything, you're not valued, you've got nowhere to go, you've always done this, you've always fallen short. He's trying to kill your view of the future, and sometimes he's trying to destroy, which literally means in the Greek, to put you out of the way or render you useless. Wouldn't it be great for him to render every single person in here useless to one another, to the kingdom of God, to your neighbor, the person that does need uplifting, render you useless, and so there's less of an impact. But what caught me the most here was that word kill, and it's the Greek word thio, which means, listen to this, to sacrifice. And I started thinking, that's exactly what the enemy would love to do. He would love to sacrifice me or a part of my life to himself. He tried to, remember, put himself equal with the Lord originally, and so trying to sacrifice us or a part of our lives for his benefit, for his pleasure, to tout himself. And so aside from John 10.10, 10, we know that Jesus brings life and that more abundant. Life and that more abundant. So I ask myself, self, when I talk to myself, I say self. You say that? Self? Self, what, is, what does an employer look for today? I think they look for, uh, they look for your experience and your skill set. Right? What have you done in the past? What have you learned? And what can you do for me now? Have you been an asset to this place before? 
this current situation? And can you do what, is, what needs to be done in this job description right now? Can you do this for me? That's what employers are looking for. So I want to help you with your resume. If you're making notes, write this down. Number one, say number one. Say number one. Out with the old, in with the new. Man, out with the old, in with the new. I'm so tired of the last two years. I'm done. I'm moving on. I'm back. I'm personally back. I feel good. I'm expectant. I see the future. I'm tired of that. I've learned things for, about myself from that period. Out with the old, in with the new. The case remains, uh, excuse me, there remains no accusing voice of condemnation, the past, against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. This is, remember, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. For the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. See, what you've got to understand is that there, there really is an old you and a new you. And if you continue to see yourself in this old me, this is what always happens to me. This is what I always end up doing. I've heard myself say that before, but nothing ever changes. That's the old me. You got to identify yourself with the new me. Give yourself some credit. Give Jesus some credit. He recreated you. And so what the enemy wants to do is he wants to remind us of, I'll, I'll use work terminology in our lives, right? Our late arrivals, right? Graduated college too late. Should have gotten a job before now. Our late arrivals, right? He's going to remind you, oh, yeah, yeah, you're not quite up to snuff. You're not quite where you should be in life. Or maybe your write-ups, maybe those mistakes where you've gotten uh, written up by a superior in life. Like, you shouldn't have done that, man. I'm going to have to call you on that. Two or three of those, and you're probably going to be out the door. Or maybe arguments with coworkers. Uh, the coworkers would be people in your life, like your spouse or your kids or your friends. Maybe arguments. Because what the enemy wants to do is to remind you about all those times when you've fallen short. You're probably thinking right now, I know a few of those. I can remember a few of those. I don't want to bring those memories up, okay? Because this is what he does. And listen, the difference is that when Jesus recreated you, you, you move from living a life in the flesh to living a life in the Spirit, led by the Spirit of God. Want to hear the difference? Paul tells us, don't you love lists? I love Paul with his lists. And I read these lists and I'm like, yes, yes, no, yes, no, no, yes. I, I personally deal with some of these things. I listen to this. Say, this is the old me. This is the old me. Because I trust Jesus now. Listen to what the old you sounds like. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. And he's going to try to remind you of these things. If you've ever dealt with any of these things in your life, this is what he's going to try to remind you about. Galatians chapter 5. Now, listen, let me warn you. This list starts off pretty dark. And then it comes into some more commonplace items. And then it ends dark. Okay, so if, I'm, not, I'm not putting light on any of this. I'm saying if you've ever dealt with this, remind yourself 
this is the old me. Yes, I may have been there, but I'm no longer there. Yes, I may have done that. I may have acted like that, but I'm over here now. This is where I am now. Okay, listen. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, <clears throat> which are, got to get my counting fingers out. <sighs> Deep breath, everybody. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery. Okay. Now it becomes a little bit more chill, sort of. But I've seen some of these things in my life. Hatred. I have acted with hatred before. I'm just going to be honest. Contentions. I have been contentious. I have been tremendously argumentative and displeasing to others. Heresies. Oh, wait, I skipped some. Jealousies. Anybody ever been jealous in the past? Outbursts of wrath. Ask my kids. There's one. Selfish ambitions, dissensions. Oh, oh, dissensions. Oh, man. Can I say something on that? Let's give God an opportunity to move rather than robbing him of that because of somebody else and what they said or didn't say. Let's function as the church. Let's function in love. Let's be here. Let's, let's expect God to move and do something regardless of what someone does or doesn't do or say. Let's focus on God. How about that? Anybody with me? Dissensions, heresies, envy, <clears throat> murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And what he's saying there is those who continually do those things will not live their best life because there are consequences. You're not going to live your best life if you continually... Worship idols, if you continually are envious and jealous, if you're continually drunk, if you continually murder, you're not going to live your best life. But that, that is the old me. You see that? You have to categorize yourself as the new me. I used to live a life in the flesh. Now listen, I know that we're in these these bodies of flesh. But the Bible said we are living a life in the Spirit. Because of what Christ did, our spirits will live forever in heaven with, with the Lord for eternity. So you got to identify and categorize that is the old me. And I'm free of that. I'm, not, I'm no longer bound to sin like that. I'm no longer bound to that. Tell it, tell those things. You don't have any power over me. I have the power here. I have the leverage because of what Christ did. Because if it was on me, probably not going to have as much leverage. Let me just throw that out there. If it was according to what I do or don't do, I don't have enough leverage. But Christ did more than enough. More than enough to deal with the sins. To let us live in this freedom and this power. Jennifer and I, our quality time is uh, in front of Netflix for about an hour, some nights on the couch before she falls asleep. And, uh, and we, we love to watch all things kind of like fixer up it, redo. I don't know what you term those things. 
And, and there are particular shows where they take vehicles. I don't know if you've ever seen this. This was probably a few years ago. But uh, a group of friends or coworkers would basically snatch someone's car and give it to this show, and they would redo the whole car without their knowledge. And so they take a beater. You ever driven a beater? Man, I have. Like the, one, the car that you know at any second is about to break down. At any second, you're like praying to get to the next stop. The, the paint's bad. The interior's ragged out. You know, makes funny noises. I had to pick up Jennifer when we were dating in this little 86 Nissan Sentra. Hmm. And it made the funniest noises. And literally, her family said, Derek's here when I'd pull up outside. Right? And so there are cars like that. And they would take cars like this on the show and totally redo them. Give it a brand new interior, all new AV, stereo, brand new wheels, tires, custom paint job. I mean, to the max, to 11. They went to 11. And so when they brought the car back in, the people that owned it are like, that sort of looks like my old car, but it's way better than I remember. And I think that is exactly how God moves in your life. I mean, there are going to be people from your past that walk up and say, well, not you, but maybe Tommy. We'll go with Tommy. Uh, that, that's Tommy, but that, he doesn't act like the old Tommy. He doesn't look like, he doesn't really look like the old Tommy even. He doesn't talk like him either. He, there's something really different, like inside and out. And you know I love you, so I'm just playing with you. But that's exactly what God does. Is he takes this vehicle and recreates it inside and out. So the old you is like, oh, down the road. People are like, well, what happened? It gives you an opportunity to say, hey, let me just tell you, man. This, is, this wasn't me. This was God, and he can do the same thing for you. Come on. Man. You need to know today that he qualified you. He made the changes. He brought the newness. He moved you from that old life in the, in the flesh to this new life in the spirit. He did all the work. Jesus is the one that allowed you to make the shift. You understand that? He's the one that gave you the power to live a life not bound by sin. God, out with the old, in with the new. I'm ready for the new. Hey, I don't even know what the new is half the time, but I'm ready. I know it's good. Something may try to come upon me every now and then from this old uh, me, but you know what? I know the new is good. And I know that God's on my side and he's with me and I am victorious. Just like you, number two, say number two. X marks the spot. These are simple today. X marks the spot, right? Sometimes we see things on our resume where we need to fill out checkbox X. Explain here, please. But you have treasures waiting for you in this life and in heaven. But you have treasures waiting for you in this life and for eternity. Can I read you something? Thank you. I'll take that liberty. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. Listen to this. Man, somebody needs to hear this today. Somebody that has trouble with maybe relationships or how you see yourself or how God sees you. Listen to this. 
Romans chapter 8, verse 16, the passion. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us. He makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. You are God's beloved child. You may not think you are. People may not say that you are, but you are God's beloved child. And verse 17, since we are his true children, we qualify. We qualify to share all his treasures, for indeed we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. Let me ask you, is is Jesus sitting in heaven sick? Is he sitting in heaven broke? I'm going to guess no. He went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. The only time we see that not occurring is when someone didn't believe that he could do what he said he would do. He's not sitting in heaven, or standing in heaven, sitting sitting in heaven, with sickness and lack around him. And so all that he has and all that he is, is yours, according to the scripture. And so this is one of those times where the rubber meets the road in life. And we say, you know what, like me personally, I'm just going to say this to you. Like, I don't have as much money as I probably need right now. But I know that God is my provider and he's my source. I would love to be able to just write like a $10,000 check to a missionary or a nonprofit or do, make a huge impact. They wouldn't even have to know it was from me. But I, I want to. I've, I pray. I've prayed for years to be in a position like that. Lord, let me be in a position where I can just hand over funds to whoever is in need, whatever person or organization or missionaries in need. Let me be in that position. Anything that is His is mine. Anything that is His is mine. I'm an heir. You will inherit. You have inherited. These things. X marks the spot. Listen, the kids, the boys in my house have been under the weather for a couple of, like for a week or so. They're, they're great. They're back on track. A couple days ago, started feeling better. But as frustrating as they are in regular life, when they're not feeling well, my father's heart cries out. When I see that they're not doing great, I want them to feel better. I feel worse. I feel bad. If you've ever had kids, you probably understand. And so I want things like them to be well now. And when when Max goes to school in the morning, I want him to have the best sack lunch he's ever going to have that I made. I want to be his provider. I want them to get a few gifts that they want in this wonderful time of holidays. This is my favorite time of year, if you couldn't guess. And I want them to feel confident in who they are. I want them to know beyond the shadow of a doubt who they are. Because God's going to call them to do certain things that they may not feel equipped. But if we're constantly reminding our kids and the people around us that you can do this, God has called you and equipped you to do this, 
Listen, if me as a dad here on this earth who has flaws, if I want those things for my kids, don't you think, don't you think that a God in heaven who created the universe wants better for us, for you? For one thing, it gives us a, you kick a door open into somebody's, into a relationship with somebody and say, hey, listen, man, this is, I didn't do this. God did this. And and he's, he, let me pray for you. I believe the same thing for me that I have seen in my life for you. I'm believing that. I'm trusting God and you can trust him too. How much more? Does he want us to live this victorious, faith-filled, spirit-led life where we are out with the old and in with the new? And X marks the spot on those things that are in our lives. Listen, we don't go through, life is not just a bouquet of roses. You understand that? Anybody with me? Anybody going through anything right now? Are you going through a circumstance that's trying right now? Anybody? Yeah, I'm with you, right? We're, we're, we're overcoming. We're working this thing out. The Lord's on our side, and it's only a matter of time before we see the victory we already stand in right now. It's only a matter of time. How much more? So I'm going to close with this. What does a typical resume look like? I, I, you know, I looked up a really basic resume. It's laid out very simply, right? Um, your, your name, which would say insert name here. So say your name out loud. Derek. Say your name out loud. Say it again. Okay. Say your name out loud. Okay. Now, what's your title? Well, let me read this to you. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. That's the position. That's your title when you, when you have your resume. This is who you are. You are a son or a daughter of God. Because remember, you let the old be the old. And now you're living in this spirit life, led by the spirit. What's your profile? So you got your name, your title, son of God. This, listen, we don't think like this all the time. This may sound really corny when I'm reading my notes, and you may laugh at me. But when you leave, if you'll do this, life's going to be better. If you remind yourself, or your spouse, or your significant other, or your parent even, young people, remind your parents, you can do this. You got this. God's got you. Everybody smile really big. Okay. Your profile, right? I believe your profile is, this is a little about me. This is my goal in life, right? To live a spirit-led, faith-filled life. Romans chapter 8, verse 2. We'll backtrack. For you did not receive, this is New King James, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. I didn't receive that. I've had fear come upon me, you know, the last couple of years. More than it ever has. But I'm not receiving that. That's, That's associated with the old me. This new me doesn't function in that, doesn't give it, uh, doesn't give it a thought and tells my, my wife, hey, remind me that this is not okay, so let's get this out of here. Right? You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption 
by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. We're adopted into a family together. This is our profile. Then it looks at your experience. So you get your name, your title, a little bit about you, and then about what you've done. Some of you in this place may be thinking, oh, no. My experience is full of a lot of not goods. Should never have said that. Should never have done that. Should never have taken that job. Should never have moved to that town. Anybody ever felt that before? That's the experience in life. Listen, experience in life now, the new you is all the things that the Lord has helped you move past and overcome. That's what's important. Well, I learn from the, I learn from the things that I don't want to do again. I'll learn from those things and say, you know what? That was stupid. Should have never said that. Should have never done that. But I won't do it again. These are more like lessons learned in God's goodness, provision, and grace. Let me read this. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Mm, you know this one. Listen to this in the Passion Translation. So we're convinced, this experience, we're convinced that no matter what happens in this experience, that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives, for we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his design purpose. So he's continually weaving this life full of experiences into something good, something better, to a place we're heading there. This process is meaningful for us. Because I believe it's our job to give God credit where credit's due. And to see when He has helped us. When He has shown us miracles that we could not do ourselves. So we move from experience to education. Some of you in here went to the school of hard knocks. Some of you spent years trying to graduate. But aren't you glad that we are now all graduates of the University of Grace? That no matter what the past looks like, it's time for us to be like, oh, that's refreshing. That Jesus has given me the strength and the power to stand in this place in my life where I'm no longer bound by the past and things are not hanging over my back. Listen, there are things you're thinking about right now in this place this morning that you wish you'd have never done. And I want you to tell yourself, I want to tell you right now, give yourself, cut yourself some slack. Quit beating yourself up. He's not doing that. He's not beating you up. He's, he's empowering you to live in grace. How many of us would love to be graduates of the University of Grace? I would. I'm proud to be a graduate. I'm proud. I've moved on from the old. I'm into the new. And then lastly, on this resume of life, they're going to look at your skills. And I would tell you, 
to use the wisdom of what God shares with you about past defeats, past difficulties, past situations, and to be led by the Spirit moving into the, the future. It's as simple as this. We keep saying this around our church the last few weeks. Put Jesus back in the center. If you don't know what tomorrow looks like, if you don't know what your job looks like, if you don't know what that relationship looks like, put Jesus in the center. And the focus will get off of you and everything that you're trying to do and make happen. Put him at the center. Lord, I don't know what's happening right over here. I don't know what's happening right over here, but I know that you're here and that you're for me. And listen, if you need to put, you, you need, not if, you need to put people around you who are going to tell you that exact same thing. They're not going to sit there and just jump in on this pity party. Yeah, I know. I hear you, man. I feel the same way. I've been through the same stuff. You know what? I'm going to tell you right now, you are going to make it out of this. God is going to give you wisdom to make that financial situation happen. You are healed. You are restored. You are moving into a better future. And I would challenge you to see every single person in your life the same way. Challenge. Because it's difficult to do that. I would challenge you to look at others differently. Give people the benefit of the doubt. Oh, gosh, that's hard to do. Don't leave here today. Go right back to that old me talking the same old talk about that person that bothers me. Pray for them. Reach out to them. Talk to them. Ask them something about them rather than you just gushing everything about you. What, hey, how's it going? How are you? I just really want to know, is there anything you need? Can I pray for you? You want to grab coffee? Coffee? We don't talk. We go to the same church, but we don't talk. Let's break out of this. Let's break out of this. There's unity. There's unity in the church. In fact, I'd challenge you on a Saturday night to think of somebody in this room that you never, ever talked to and walk up to them on Sunday and say, hey, let's grab lunch after service. Say, I love you, Pastor Derek. Put Jesus at the center. Put Jesus back in the center. Let him be the focus. Let him be what our eyes are on. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for this amazing grace. Lord, I thank you for helping us. Lord, taking, us, taking time with us today to, to rewrite our resumes, our resumes of life. God, I thank you that you've shown us beyond the shadow of a doubt that the old is the old and the new is the new. 
and that we have these amazing things in our lives from you to move into the future. Thank you for your kindness, Lord, your mercy, your grace, your faithfulness. Lord, that you continue to do good. I, I keep remembering that song lyric that says, you heal because you're, you love. You heal because you love. Thank you, God, for being who you are. If there's any place, anybody in this place this morning where or watching online and you and you feel you feel you felt unsure to the point that you are bound up by fear about the next season in your life where you're going forward what is next for you if you've been bound by fear I want you to raise your hand this morning Lord I thank you right now for peace and confidence that you love your children, that you're speaking to them, that your, your spirit leads them and guides them into all truth. Your spirit reminds them who they are. And Lord, right now, today, give them peace. Jesus said the he, he brings a total different peace than the peace of the world. And so this morning, Lord, I just speak peace and wisdom to these. Lord, even though we don't exactly know what is always next, Lord, that they would be excited about what's next, that they would have peace, that you are leading them, you are guiding them, and that any opportunity that presents itself in any negative way, you will move them past. And right now, in Jesus' name, we cast out fear. There is no room for fear in these lives. Lord, we as the church, we as the family are rising up. We're speaking, declaring in Jesus' name that fear will no longer drive these children of God. You lead by peace, Lord, not by fear. And so, Lord, I thank you right now that they're going to see in the what's next for them, that they're going to see you working through peace. They're going to see you working through peace and not fear. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it, Lord. If you're in this place this morning and you've never said yes to Jesus, you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, if you're watching online this morning, if you've never said, I've, I've never transitioned from that old me to the new me, today's your day. Today is your day. It's as simple as this. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess in your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. God so loves you that he has made a way for you to be in his family. And it's as simple as this. That you trust that what Jesus did when he came to this earth and he died on the cross, he was buried and rose again, on the third day, he ascended into heaven. That is the simple gospel. You trust that. You make Jesus Lord of your life. And you will live in eternity after this life here on earth is done. And if that's you sitting in this place this morning or watching online, I'd like to lend you some words. So if you would, just repeat after me. Say, Father, 
I thank you. Today is a new day. I receive the sacrifice that Jesus made for me. I make Jesus Lord of my life and King of my heart. And I'm ready for the next season. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Enjoying the podcast? If you want more, you can always visit One Cause Church on YouTube and Facebook to watch full services. 